It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 490 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, April 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got Locked on NBA, Locked on NFL, we've got Locked on MLB shows launching over the last couple weeks as well in tune with the start of the baseball season. No shortage of stuff for you to check out on the Locked on Podcast Network. And if you would like to do so and want to support a show, please subscribe, rate, and review on whichever podcast platform you use, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Himalaya, which is a brand new podcast app, which we have a nice partnership with over at the Locked on Podcast Network. If you Download Himalaya as your new podcast platform. It's a perfect way to curate personalized podcast playlists. So download the app. Give it a try. It's, it's Himalaya in the App Store, Google, or Apple. And uh, hope you enjoy it. All right. On today's show, the Raptors beat the Miami Heat 117-109 on Sunday afternoon in an overtime game against the Stupid Heat, who I'm sick of and hope missed the playoffs. And joining me to talk about the Stupid Heat, who I'm sick of and hope missed the playoffs, is a person whose podcast I'm never sick of. It's Freddie Rivas of the Confederacy of Dunks podcast. How's it going, Freddie? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks for uh, having me on the pod. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing great. Uh, better now that the game against the Heat is over. I'm always worried Bam Adebayo's ass is going to injure a Raptor. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's... He was like... Yeah. Yeah. He was stretching out on those screens. I was like, please don't trip and hurt Fred again or, or hurt Kyle or hurt somebody. Yeah, it's like I've seen like Serge Ibaka said an illegal screen or two. But man, Bam Adebayo is just like a whole another level of just like, all right, this is my ass. Get around it. And uh, the Raptors yeah, almost did that scot-free today. Actually, I guess the guy who got hurt on one was, was actually Bam. He, he, I think, got tied up with... Fred or Danny Green at one point, and then he went down injured. So hopefully Bam's okay. Hopefully he only has one game left because, oh boy, do I not want to see the Heat in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on the Heat as just like an attractive playoff team? Because I, I just, I'm, I'm over the Heat so, so much. I, ca- I can't watch another game of them. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's fair to say I'm pretty over the Heat at this point. I mean, they have some players I like. Uh, Justice Winslow is, you, you know, somewhat entertaining when he's healthy. Um, I've enjoyed Wade's like, you know, his kind of like send off this year, especially in comparison with, uh, Dirk's maybe send off, but I, f- I feel like it kind of has a natural end, which is before the playoffs begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just like, have a yeah, like, I don't know, like, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say like, I'm, I'm actually a pretty big, uh, Spolster fan. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy him as a coach. I feel like he's, he succeeded in a couple different environments, but there's just not a lot that's that intriguing about the Heat. You know, Dragic, Whiteside, 
I, I would prefer to see a newer team like, I don't know, I guess Charlotte or Orlando or mm-hmm. or even Brooklyn. Yeah, no, the in the way it's sort of shaken out now, it seems as though the Heat are going to be in tough to make it. They have two games left. Their last game of the season is against Brooklyn, so maybe that'll be a bit of a decider. But the Raptors might have ended or any realistic shot that he'd have. They're tied with Charlotte for losses right now, which is not a place you want to be in that race. So we'll see. But yeah, I this game was, like you said, I like Spo. It just reminded me of how odious so many of these players are, though. Like, I... I'm so sick. Like, Hassan Whiteside had an okay game, but, like, I'm just so done with watching Hassan Whiteside. I'm done watching James Johnson. Um, like, I, Oh, yeah, James Johnson. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just over that. You guys had a great conversation about James Johnson, actually, this week on your podcast, so people should check out, but um, I'm just did, over yes. I'm over the cult of James Johnson. Drogic, you know, he's always doing stuff and mixing it up. It's just, the Heat, to me, are a team that's way better at, like, punching and, like, body checking people than they are at actual basketball skills and like I, I appreciate that it gets them maybe a little further than their talent should get them but man they, they I'm so ready for the heat to not be part of my life anymore so um glad, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm not really like uh you know, like like one of these people who's kind of like super obsessed with uh whether the how much better the west is in the east yeah but unfortunately like Miami's a team that kind of highlights that yeah they're, they're one of those teams that you just watch and you're like you're not supposed to be in the playoffs yeah, this team like, is like Memphis at West. Yeah, this team is Memphis at West, probably. Like, yeah. scrappy, but come on. <laughs> um, yeah, scrap, not a lot of shooting, not that great. Yeah. Did you have any, like, takeaways from this game, either Raptors-related or just sort of that, that – I, I don't know. It's a hard game to learn anything from, right? Because it's – they're 57 and 24, and they've clinched the second seed, and I'm not sure how hard they're really trying, although they seem to have – some oomph and some moments today, but I, I don't know, like anything that you're coming away from this one thinking about or wondering about trends wise or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been kind of enjoying the, like the defensive flashes we've seen in some of these like pseudo playoff games, like against Brooklyn or Charlotte, both games, I think against Charlotte, there was like times where the Raptors seemed super engaged on D and it was like, Oh man, we could just destroy a team mm-hmm. like of this quality in in a playoff series, and I thought there were like some small moments of that uh, this game. I, I thought Serge, you know, brought it pretty hard on D. Uh, I think he only played like 19 minutes, uh, so so that's something that's kind of interesting to me. If if Serge is fully getting the, I don't want to say demotion, but if he's like if that's the way, it seems like it's kind of shaping up that yeah. that Casolas won that spot. Um, I'm sure it's kind of matchup dependent, but yeah, as far as looking out for things, Kawhi's such a tough player because, you know, it seems like he's coasting at points, but then he's still so hyper efficient mm-hmm. and, and Lowry and I'd say Lowry and Mark weren't really aggressive on offense, but they were also sharing the ball well. And I don't know, it seemed like they, it was kind of like, like half speed for parts of the game. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed it went to overtime. But um, I definitely there was no part of me that was like that had any doubt that we were a much better team than the Heat. Yeah, I don't think I learned anything about like how good the Raptors are in this one. There are a couple things though, like you mentioned Lowry, and yeah, he's not shooting super well lately. I think he's like after today, like nine of his last thirty-eight from three, which is kind of what we saw 
in the middle portion of the season, and right. you know, that's not ideal because he's had some very hot parts of the season and some not so hot parts. And for the most part, the not so hot parts have kind of coincided with when he's maybe not super healthy. So I hope he's okay. <laughs> I, I I know. Yeah, he played forty two minutes. So. Yeah, and like I know it's an overtime game, so all the numbers are kind of juiced up. Um, the, this was another one of those games, though. This has been like a thing I've been harping on for years. It's like, why don't teams ever make subs in overtime? Like, Danny Green's like hobbling around. Just put Norman. Norman's been fine today. He's been really good, actually. Like, I don't need Danny out there, like hobbling around with a weird ankle thing for an overtime game that doesn't matter. Like, that's one thing that coaches ne- will never ever do. It seems is like change players in overtime. But um, that was one thing, and then. I guess the thing I actually learned, and maybe they've been doing this all season, but it seemed a little more pronounced today, was uh, maybe teams should stop playing zone against the Raptors because, oh my god, like, the Raptors just, like... We just picked apart that zone. It was so nice to watch. And the thing that was crazy about it is the bench, which has been ass a lot lately... it, it was really bad to start the game in the, from the second to, or from the end of the first into the start of the second. But then at the start of the fourth, the Heat are rolling out this zone, and like OG and Serge Ibaka are just like carving it up as the flashers to the middle. And they scored, I want to say, on like five or six of the first eight possessions of the fourth quarter. And they were a plus two, which is amazing because that bench unit's been horrible for the most part all season long. And so that was a nice thing to see. Like, oh, yeah, if teams are going to throw that at you, then, you know, you can always carve it apart with your really good shooting and good passing big men and intelligent wings. Like, they seem like a team that maybe zone's not going to work against. And, look, most teams don't really throw out zones. The Heat, I think, are the second most common zone team. The Raptors are actually in the top five, I'm pretty sure. And Brooklyn's another one. So it's interesting, I suppose, if a Brooklyn series happens. But, like, I don't think... Whether or not the Nets play a good zone is going to be the difference in that series either. So it might not matter. But I thought it was nice to see that they kind of found a groove and seemed like they were getting looks that they really wanted out of that, uh, yeah. out of those zone looks that Miami was throwing at them. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I've I've actually kind of enjoyed the like the the trend of more zones this year. And, yeah, uh, I, I think the Raptors have employed it quite a bit. Was it fifth? You just said? Yeah, they're a top five. I'm not exactly sure where, but they use it a lot. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, all zones are not made equal. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy like Siakam and OG and, and Kawhi, you can really, really kind of, like, press on that zone and execute. Mm-hmm. And Miami's zone, I mean, it looked like a zone, but it wasn't really the... Uh-oh. Ready? Oh, did I lose you? Uh, you're back now. But, yeah, uh, you said it wasn't really, and then you dropped right out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I was just saying it wasn't really an intense zone mm-hmm. um, for the Heat. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot of hands and passing lanes. And I think if you make guys like OG and and Ibaka, not that they're, you know, bad passers or anything like that, but I wouldn't, you know, say they're excellent passers or the mm-hmm. best passers on the team. And they both looked very comfortable kind of like getting the ball in the, in the middle of the paint and kind of calmly making a decision. Like if you ever tried to run a zone like that on a, like with a center like Gasol, he would just destroy you. Yeah, there were they. I think they had a zone against the starters for a little bit, and then Spo was like, "Oh no, this is not going to work." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. I mean, I guess you can't really abandon your identity if you're the Heat and you like to use zone a lot. But this seems like maybe a team where it doesn't really work because everyone can shoot and pass, which is nice. Yeah. For sure. It, yeah. If you have guys like Danny and uh, and Kawhi that are always going to find themselves in the corner. 
and we can get them the ball, you know, by like half half of every play you put us in a zone, then it's going to be tough to beat a team like that. Like those are really high percentage shots. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so after this game, the Raps are going into their final game of the season, nothing to play for, blah, 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 blah. But, like, I guess the thing is now is sort of... I don't even know if they've been able to iron out things that have been bad. That's, that's the thing. Is like I can't even tell what the bad things are because the last like <laughs> month hasn't mattered. And I don't know what's just a symptom of them running out the clock on the season or, or what actually is something to be concerned about. Is there anything right. right now that like when you look at how the team's operating that like really gives you pause and maybe a bit of concern going into not maybe not round one because round one should be a formality no matter who the opponent is but uh as you get deeper in the playoffs the phillies the milwaukee's the boston's like is there something that you see as like a weakness that maybe has gone maybe a little undiagnosed because things haven't mattered for so long um okay i I can't believe i'm saying this because i feel like most raptors fans i'm a massive siakam fan Mm -hmm. but i i do think there is some potential for when the you know if we get to play a really strong defensive team and they start to slow down the game and they put a big guy on siakam i think they are gonna dare him to shoot because he Mm -hmm. just punishes every team in so many ways and i think you know he'll be able to attack closeouts and he'll still be effective. Like, I don't think he's a guy you can play off the court. Like, he's just too good for that at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think there could be a difference between free-flowing, you know, decision-making Siakam where he where everything is just fire and a more relegated Siakam. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, if, if he gets cold in, in the second round or something, he kind of just keeps firing away. Mm-hmm. But I, that's like – that nags at me a little bit. I'd say maybe Gasol – um, you know his his passing is really infectious, and and I'm a, I'm a big big fan of the trade, but I think that there will be some times where he's definitely going to call his number a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes he'll swing the ball, and he was more open than the guy he swung the ball to, and I think overall that's a good thing for the team, but those are just like very small kind of nitpicky things. Like I'm not too worried about much to be honest. Yeah, I uh, I've been trying to adopt the the Hakuna Matata lifestyle going into ah. these playoffs uh, because Raptors fans have never been able to do that. I think this team kind of warrants not being too concerned about most things. But uh, the Siakam one is interesting. I haven't really thought about that all that much. I just kind of have penciled him in to just be Pascal Siakam in the playoffs. But if he does get cold for a stretch from three, which is he's prone to do, um, he's had some hot streaks and some sort of you know moments where it's waned a little bit over the course of the season, although I think it's gotten more consistent as we've gone along here. He hit one from yeah. above the break today, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, he hit like a pull-up mid-range know, jumper yeah, yesterday, too. He acquires a new skill yeah, every yeah. game, so yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, he hit like a pull-up mid-ranger against Charlotte on Friday, too, and it's like, huh, I didn't think he had that, but it's... I guess that's going to be 
the thing teams are going to try to force them into, right? And that's the thing about playoff basketball. It's like, all right, what are the weaknesses of these guys? And how are teams going to ensure that those weaknesses are brought to the fore? And with Pascal, like, there's not a ton, right? They're, like, he's a good corner three-point shooter. If teams are going to leave him open, I think the Raptors will take that 100 times out of 100, and they'll be happy with an open corner three from Siakam. Um, yeah. But if they are going to try to maybe goad him into... Like, what I could see being, like, a strategy, and I'm not sure how the geometry of, of this would work on the floor, but, like, I wonder if maybe they'll try to goad him into those mid-rangers because, you know, maybe they kind of close out extremely hard and then maybe have, like, a help guy rotate up to sort of ward him off before he can get too much momentum going to the basket, and then maybe he's got to make a decision there. It, he's going to be a very interesting guy to try to guard because he's, like... He's a lot like Ben Simmons, except Ben Simmons shoots. But like when he does have a head of steam, there's not really any stopping him. And I guess you just kind of hope that's he's true. having a cold day and that he's a little bit reckless. And I guess that's the one thing is he's had some pretty bad turnover games. He's been a bit of a turnover liability just because I think while I'm very okay with it, sometimes he gets a little bit too sort of in love with himself with the ball in his hands and kind of gets ahead of himself. I think we saw that today a little bit too, right? Like he'll try to go in and Eurostep yeah. a guy, but like the guy's in his way and kind of there's just like an obstacle in the way of that Euro step. And so that's a concern for sure. If he's going to, you know, finding the balance between when to just kind of like pull it back and not, you know, go for like the, the full Monty, whenever he has the opportunity to like, that's going to be where his game sort of falls apart in the playoffs. I think, um, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on that? No. Yeah. Like, I think, I think like I'm basically like agreeing with all your points there. Um, I think Siakam has a, like a his goal is to generally you know outmaneuver the opponent. So yeah. people are going to have to like beat him to the spot. Like he's not overpowering guys as much as like a Kawhi or a, or, or a Giannis, obviously. But when he does get that head of steam going, it, it's a massive problem mm-hmm. for teams. So I do expect teams to like. I don't think every team has like a Jonathan Isaac or like a kind of like a a guy who's a unique cover yeah. for Siakam, but. For the most part, teams are just going to be in trouble. Um, but I, you know, I'm trying to think about those like those later matchups where you know potentially a guy like Simmons could maybe give him some trouble, uh-huh. or you know, e- even Hayward actually did a couple. Uh, he, uh, he he was all right on Siakam this year, I think, in a game or two. But um, yeah, I mean, saying I'm I'm worried about anything is probably a, <laughs> an over exaggeration. I, I mean, as someone who's lived through uh, all these Raptors, you know, playoffs, like the like the, the saddest times, Lebronto, that sort of thing. <laughs> there's there's obviously the the uh, the Kyle Lowry uh, in the playoffs worry, and and I think resting him really worked uh, last year. Yeah, and I think his offense was was pretty good. Um, his defense worries me more than his offense, like especially getting attacked off the dribble, like guys like Brogdon or just big guards. Yeah, I think they can they can kind of exploit Kyle from time to time. But again, we just have so much defense, so much length, so many different lineup combinations that it's hard to foresee even a team like Philly, honestly, giving the Raptors that much trouble. And maybe I'm too high on the Raptors, but I, <laughs> I'm pretty excited this year. Like, like I really do think we have a shot at going to the finals. Yeah, I just kind of think with this team, and this kind of is tied to the Siakam thing too, right? It's just... 
there's no easy solutions for anything for any team that's up against them. Like, there's no, like, one chess piece to move, and then that solves all the problems the Raptors pose, which has always been the case in the past. Um, and, and you know, vice versa. Like, if a team makes moves, the Raptors have just, a, like, ad infinitum a number of moves they can go to, right? Because of all the oh, man. the dudes oh. they have, right? It's just like, oh, yeah, that's not working. We'll just play Siakam at center, or we'll just play Ibaka or Gasol at center. Hey, screw it. Let's play OG at center for a bit. See what happens there. Um, Seriously, yeah. Like, let's go with two-point guards. Let's go really super big. Like, they can kind of do anything and be a chameleon. And... Yeah, Lowry gives me a little pause, and there are certain matchups. I think the Bucks one is kind of a problem. He's obviously had some rough times against the Bucks this year, and Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. I saw some graphic of like the just the hell Eric Bledsoe has brung upon other point guards this season defensively. Like he's been amazing against yes. the best point guards in the league, and that gives me a little bit of pause. But at the same time. Like, I'm not worried about Kyle having to guard Eric Bledsoe because it's like, oh, yeah, just throw throw Kyle on Sterling Brown or whoever's off the ball, and then you can have Danny Green guard Bledsoe or throw Kawhi on him or Siakam, who can guard anybody. Um, I mean, that, God, the stop Siakam. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, The stop Siakam had today on Dwayne Wade was just, like, near, I think it was in crunch time or regulation. It might have been overtime. I think it was regulation. It was just, it was beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's just the, it's and the, the Siakam thing too, right? It's like we could be worried about these things, but what's the like what's the biggest concern that we've just highlighted here? It's oh, the second best scorer on the team sometimes might you know get a little extra defensive attention and or you know be or be left wide open, who's even though he's very good from the corners, like that's the problem yeah. we're worried about now. Uh, totally. Yeah, it's health is the only thing for me really. Um, although I guess let me ask you this. How are you feeling about the bench units? Like, with two... I mean, it's been four guys the last couple games, and they have not performed well, as has been the case for most of the season. I would assume in the playoffs, Nurse isn't going to do that, just because the data says don't do that. Um, But are you concerned about those sort of in-between transitional lineups with, say, three bench guys or even two bench guys, where, you know, the starters have just, like, shit-canning teams ever since they came together. They've been amazing. But every time... And maybe that's kind of another thing, too, where it kind of papers over what an actual problem is because oh yeah they fell behind by six oh the starters came in and they're waiting by seven again right like and maybe it's kind of hidden some of the issues there underlying with the bench like are you concerned about those in between mishmash lineups uh i wouldn't say i'm really concerned because i think at the end of the day it's starting to iron itself out Mm -hmm. you know we have our seven man rotation it seems with, uh, you know, eight and nine being, like, Norm and OG, depending on, like, I think what look Nurse wants to go with. Yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting much of uh, Lynn or McCaw. Well, McCaw's injured, but um, I'm not expecting too much Lynn in the playoffs. I think that he's missed that opportunity a little bit. Like, he hasn't gelled with the team in the way that... I, I was actually pretty high on the Lynn signing. Me too. And who knows? Um, or who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe he comes in and makes a big impact, or maybe... A guy like Meeks comes in and is able to knock down a couple shots. But I think, especially with the way that Norm's been playing, I think Norm's really fighting hard to be that eighth guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, maybe it's still OG just because of the size. But, um, yeah, I'm not too worried about the bench rotation. I think if there's anything I'm kind of curious about is is how Kawhi performs in the playoffs in terms of 
you know, does is there any form of load management that carries over? Right. Like, is, is he going to play forty minutes a game, mm-hmm. or you know, he, like because obviously, when when he has played um, this season, I, I, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think he's played many 40, 40 minute games, um, and I don't think he's played that many games, like more than you know thirty seven minutes even. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm curious. I, I'd be curious to see. Like, like his mindset going in. Like, is he like, hey, I'm playing 42 minutes a game, every game? Because then that's really going to change the complexion of the bench. Yeah, the way they've talked about it, I feel like he's going to kind of be unlimited in what he's able to do. Just, I mean, he's talked about the regular season being 82 practices. And the team yeah. has talked about having him ready for the playoffs being the most important thing, um, which I have agreed with the entire way. But Me too. Yeah, I. it's tough. Because, you know, you don't really know, you know, if he, if he takes a knock in a game here or there, is he going to exactly. sort of take himself out or, or the t- is the team going to be like, hey, like we, yes, we're up 2 nothing against the Nets right now. Is it really worth playing Kawhi 40 minutes in this game to try to go up 3-0? Um, so he's only played four games over 40 minutes this season. One of them okay. was that crazy dumb, was it double or triple overtime game with the, with the Wizards and then... Uh, oh my goodness! Warriors, yes. Boston, OKC, and then all every other game under forty minutes. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, who knows? Maybe he doesn't. I mean, maybe the plan isn't for him to play more than forty minutes. Maybe we, you know, we have such a good team, yeah, and and we want to keep everybody fresh, and that's how that's going to go. But um, again, again, I'm you know I'm thinking of like kind of like these like high leverage situations, like if if we need Kawhi on Ben Simmons. You know, mm-hmm. if we need Kawhi, you know, if Tatum's going off in the conference finals, um, yeah, like like how how much stamina um, uh, is he going to have? Is is his leg still an issue? Mm-hmm. Um, is it just being you know? Is there is there kind of like a cautious behavior? Uh, I, I'm, I don't I don't know if we'll ever have an answer to those those questions with Kawhi, but uh, I'm definitely curious and pretty excited to see what happens. Uh, I think we've covered. All the stuff we have to cover pretty pretty well, yeah. That, yeah, thank yeah, you. There's nothing else I'm really worried about, man. It's I'm just like I'm like, is there anything else? Am I like, what's what am I missing? But it's like, yeah, the bench stuff. Yeah. I'm sure Nurse will figure it out. Like there are enough two and three man combinations between bench and starter guys that I think that that have worked that I think will come together to form good lineups. Like Lowry's always good with Ibaka. Uh, OG's always been really good playing with Kawhi. Danny Green's good playing with everybody. Gasol and Fred Van Vliet have, like, ungodly numbers when they play together. Like, there's enough there that I think as long as they avoid those four-man units with, you know, maybe either Siakam or Lowry with the four bench guys that are kind of the very obvious next four in the pecking order, um, I I think they'll be okay. And ultimately, even if Kawhi is not playing 43 minutes a game, like, he's going to play... Like, he played 38 today. I'd imagine he'll play at least that in most games. And Kyle's going to play close to yeah, 40. Sure. And, like, that's the thing people forget about the playoffs. It's like, oh, yeah, all the very good players play a lot. And the Raptors have a lot of very good players. I know. And they're all going to be playing a lot of minutes. And, like, the times where the starters kind of carry the Raptors to wins, that's only going to be extended in the playoffs because it's that's just how it goes. <laughs> like, that's just the nature of the beast barring injury and foul trouble and all that stuff. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, Freddie, before I let you go, I want to play a game. That sure, sounded, that sounded very Saw-like. It's not a, 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 a creepy <laughs> game or anything like that. Um, people who have listened to my podcast for a long time, going back to my Raptors HQ podcast days, know that I like to play a little game sometimes called That Random Raptors Game. I haven't played it in a very long time. Um, oh, okay. and, uh, since I stopped doing the HQ podcast, I have not yet done it on this podcast, even though I said I would. I keep forgetting, but you... On your podcast, do a fun little segment where you guys reflect on old Raptors. You know, three times a show, and I love yep. it. It's that's my jam. I love. I, I, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I went back and ranked every Raptor to ever play for the team in the summer because I love that shit so much. And so I figured there's no better time, no better guest to have on to bring back that random Raptors game than you, Freddie. Freddie, are you ready to play that random Raptors game? I guess you want. Do you want to know how it works first? Uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe give me a, a quick rundown on the game, um, yeah. and just just to everyone who's listening, I'm going to do my best. That's, that's all I can give, right? Um, so basically, I pick a old Raptors game that has happened. I go to the box score. You have to tell me who played in that game for the Raptors. I give you, but uh, we'll give you four strikes. How about that? Eh, okay, five strikes. Uh, I, you know, I'm ready for it. I feel like I've been training my whole life for this, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll see how I do because like it's, the pressure is going to mount up. I can feel it. All right, I'm going to give you five strikes because there are 11 players who played for the Raptors in this game. And okay, I feel like that's a fair amount because God, there have been so many random dudes to play for this team. Uh, yes, there's there's been a lot of journeymen, <laughs> a lot of Chuck Hayes. So I'm going to go back to the last season, the last April, where the Raptors were not preparing to play in the playoffs. This is April 2013, the end of the 2012-13 season. The Raptors are not very good. Uh, they actually finished the season with a five-game winning streak. I have picked their last loss of that season, their 48th loss of that 34-48 and 48 season. Uh, it was a game that came against the Milwaukee Bucks, who were 37-39 and 39 themselves. And the Bucks won this game 100-83 to on April 6, 2013. Freddie, 11 Raptors played in this game. You have five strikes. <laughs> Name those 11 Raptors. Okay, I feel like this is going to be this is going to be rough. Um, okay, let's just let's just collect myself for a sec here. You so, can just get, by the way, just guess one at a time and then I'll read off the stat line if you got it correct. Okay, yeah. so 2013. Um now so so if, for instance, if they if it was like I guess there's a chance that a player didn't play in a game because they were, like, yeah. resting or the season was already over. Yeah, it has to be someone uh, who's played in the game. Someone who played. Okay, okay. Um, you know, I'll use the one... Okay, sorry, I'm, like, talking to myself like who wants to be a millionaire. That's okay. okay. <laughs> Let me say DeMar DeRozan. Just a, just a classic first guess. That's correct. Uh, DeMar played 24 <laughs> minutes in this game. He had 12 points, two rebounds, no assists. On 6 of 14, did not get to the line, nor did he attempt to three and was a minus 25. This oh, was minus twenty five. This was okay. pre good DeRozan. <laughs> yes, this is okay. Pre good DeRozan. Like this is around the time where people were like, "Why is that the contract extension you've given him?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Is this the, like yeah when when he got that ten mil yeah, ten mil yeah. year right ten million, which is what Randall Grichuk makes for the Blue Jays now. It's nothing. <laughs> it's peanuts. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, it's so right. weird to look at salaries comparing to different sports. <laughs> when Crosby makes less than everyone. It's dumb. He makes the mid-level exception. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's just mind-blowing. Like, he, should, he should sue somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. So DeRozan, okay, let me say, uh, well, yeah, we must have uh, had Bargnani still. Uh, no Andrea Bargnani in this game. I believe nope. he was hurt. Oh, he was hurt. Oh, I still think had. he was, okay, yeah. okay. Um, let me throw out a, uh, a Terrence Ross. Of course Terrence Ross played in this game. Uh, my best friend. I'm looking at his picture right now. Uh, 11 points, uh, in 28 minutes on four of eight shooting. Didn't attempt a three. Got to the line four times, which I think is a career high for Terrence Ross. And had himself a rebound and two steals. Terrence, thank you for your work. (laughs) Um, okay, uh... Right, that's it's Lowry trade. So let me say Kyle Lowry. I think the, the Lowry trade had happened. Oh yeah, Lowry played in this game. Twenty three minutes, uh, seven points, four rebounds, four assists, three of nine from the field. Uh, and it was a minus nineteen. A minus nineteen. Okay, so here I'm stuck in between the years here. So I think I'm. I think this is going to be wrong, but I think it's going to help me. Uh-huh. Lou Williams. Lou Williams is incorrect. Incorrect. That okay. is your second strike. Second strike. Okay. So then, let me say, um, Jose Calderon. Jose Calderon is not on this team. Okay, I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting to get my timelines messed up. <laughs> um, that's three, okay. by the way. That's three. That's three. Okay, I'm not doing that great, but I'm not totally falling apart. Jonas Valanciunas. Did I see Jonas? Jonas Valanciunas did play. Yeah, 26 minutes, 12 points, three rebounds, three of nine shooting, six of six from the line, and a minus one. Okay, now. There's, there's got to be a glut of wings that I'm not thinking about. James Johnson? James Johnson did not play for the Raptors in this game. Oh, okay. Um, how am I doing? Do I have like five or six? You have four strikes right now, and you've guessed four guys correctly. Okay. That's, so that's not, not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, and, and I'm trying very hard, so I can't pretend like I'm not trying. Um let me say Reggie Evans. Reggie Evans is incorrect. That is your fifth strike, Freddie. Everyone, uh, I'm sorry. You can get you can keep going. You just for the record, you won't have won the game. You'll just have finished the game without winning. <laughs> oh, I feel I feel like the, the keep going part is gonna be like stop, stop, he's already dead. But, <laughs> but you know what? Um let me say uh so it's no Williams Gravis Vasquez. No Gravis Vasquez. I feel like you're just like really circling around like the the era. Like you're very close, but you're just yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm stuck between area uh, eras. Wait, Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay played okay. this game. Yes. Okay, perfect. So yeah. the Jose trade had happened. Yes. So we have Rudy Gay. He played um, uh, 23 minutes. He had four points and eight rebounds and two assists as well on one of ten shooting. Because he was Rudy Gay, and of course he did. Ouch. And it was a minus 19 as well. So Rudy Gay, I believe Ed Davis was in that trade. He was. Uh, he was. So so we traded Jose and Ed Davis for Rudy Gay. Who is our what, I'm blanking out on Bigman. So we had Jonas, JV. We wouldn't have had Scola. Nope. Oh, we had some really bad power forward. That's who we had. 
<laughs> we have, we've had so many bad power forwards over the year. Um, oh, man, I'm blanking out here. Sorry, Sean. That's okay. There's one glaring omission from the starting five that you have not referenced yet. And our mutual friend Katie Heindel would be very disappointed if you did not guess this person. Oh, wow. Is it? No. It couldn't be Pascal. No. Not Pascal, no. No, that's like two or three years before we had Pascal. Mm-hmm. It's it's not Chris Bosch. No. Nope. Obviously. Um, <laughs> oh, man. A glaring omission. I'm actually pretty mad you haven't guessed him yet. This is disappointing, Freddie. Oh, man. <laughs> is it? Well, yeah, I'm trying to. Okay, now, now with Katie, I'm thinking Fred. It's not Fred either. No. Nope. We didn't have Fred either. Who's who's a power forward? Like, so is this a good player? Can I ask that? Yeah, he's good. He was very good for a long time. He's probably like a top fifteen Raptor of all time. Oh, Amir Johnson! Hell yeah, Amir Johnson! Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I didn't get Amir. Yeah, he uh, twenty five minutes. He had uh, two points on one of seven. The starters in this game combined to go fourteen of forty nine from the field. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We've had uh, some dark days as Raptors fans. Certainly. We've had some really dark days. There are five guys left on the bench. Do you even want to hazard any guesses, or would you like me to just read them off for you? Um, I'd say read them off because I'm now swimming in like, like uh, in 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 the just the the, the blank world of like <laughs> the role players we had. It wasn't Vasquez. Who was backing up Kyle and? Like, are we talking like Juan Dixon? No, oh, I no. won that a long, long time ago. Someone much worse than Juan Dixon. He's uh, got very uh, played in China energy. I would, I would say. I think he did ha! play in China. Uh, Sebastian Telfair is one of them. Sebastian Telfair. Yeah. Okay. Twenty-five minutes, 05 from the field, three point seven assists, uh, and a plus two. So good on you, Sebastian. Uh, Cheers, Sebastian. They're a pair of wings. Would you like to? Yes, or do you want me to just tell you? Um, how, is there is there a light hint you can give me? Sure, like a, uh, it's not Joey Graham. Or something? Sure, one of them <laughs> a free agent signing that did not work out very well, and another just like a guy who I think we played in the playoffs the next a uh, season later. Free agent signing didn't work out well. Uh, it wouldn't be Demar Carroll. No. Um, sorry, Demari Carroll. Like that—that's that, <laughs> me telling everyone. I don't think it worked out. It did not. Um, you know what? Just tell me because I feel like I'm—I'm I'm just gonna embarrass myself. Like I have like Wilson Chandler in my head. I'm like, we never <laughs> had Wilson Chandler. Uh, Landry Fields, his former teammate on the Knicks, I believe. Uh, oh, yes, the Landry... Nash, the Nash distraction signing. Oh my God, the best. Twenty-three minutes, five points, two of four from the field. Uh, the other wing who led the team in scoring with 14 points, was Alan Anderson, 6 of 10 from the field, 14, Alan Anderson. two boards and an assist. <laughs> I loved Alan Anderson was a guy who was like, listen, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm doing my own thing. Yes, I'm going to take shots, and you can deal with it. <laughs> I'm going to get a couple more contracts, and you are a team that's part of that. Yes. I hope that's okay. Second in scoring for the team in this game, off the bench was Quincy Acey, who played 21 minutes, had 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, four seven shooting, four four from the line. Also hit a three in this game, did Quincy Acey, and was a plus eight. So good on you, Quincy. And then Aaron Gray, 
Aaron Gray had a club trillion game, played 30 seconds. So, uh, how could I forget about Aaron Gray? Yeah, uh, that's 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 pretty shameful on my part. I don't know who played backup center in this game, considering Jonas and Amir both played just 25 minutes, and Aaron Gray Gray played 30 seconds. I'm, I'm assuming Quincy Acey played a lot of center, and then. I don't know, small ball Landry. I don't know. This is bad. It's a very bad I bet team. You Alan Anderson was at some point was just like, I got this. Yeah, I am a center now too, and I'm going to take shots. I'm going to post up. I'm Alan Anderson, baby. <laughs> I'm Alan Anderson. I'm going to throw a couple elbows, and if you don't like that, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to be playing with someone else next year. This Bucks team is also a trip. Uh, I'll run through their box score: Monte Ellis, Brandon <laughs> Jennings, Larry Sanders, Ursan Ilyasova, and Marquise Daniels was their starting five. Wow. Uh, J.J. Redick, Luke Richard Baamute, who got released today by the Clippers, Mike Dunleavy, Gustavo Ione, Ish Smith, John Henson, and Drew Gooden. Man. <laughs> I wonder if that was the Drew Gooden, like the era when he used to have that, like I think he lost a bet and he had like a, like a patch of hair on yeah. the back of his head. Yeah, this might have been right around the time. He had that when he cooked the Raptors, I know that, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's one of the most like inexplicable haircuts I think I've ever seen. Drew Gooden's listed basketball reference nicknames are Big Drizzle and The Truth. I thought there was already a truth, but actually he's better than Paul Pierce as well. <laughs> oh my god. Paul Pierce deserves all of the Raptors slander in the world. Like god. if you're a Raptor fan, he should bother you. Like he's He deserves like, slander from everybody. He's garbage. God one of the most overrated players of his time because he played with yes. very good players and was ass, had ass teams when he was the best player on the Celtics for a very long time. Totally. And Drew Gooden is the rifle holder of the nickname The Truth. I don't care. <laughs> I agree. Ever since he kneed Bosch in the groin and dunked, I've been, I, I, he's been one of my like least favorite NBA players. Like, Keep in mind, I was also... So hardcore, you know. I, I was convincing myself that Bosch was gonna be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I did that for every major player with Bargnani. I was like, okay, here we go, next Dirk. Um, Do yourself a favor. When, when he, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, finish. No, I was gonna say Bosch got when, when Bosch got nailed by by Pierce. I was just like, I hate you, Pierce. I hate <laughs> you forevermore. Uh, if do yourself a favor if you haven't already and go watch the. Uh, the video of Jalen Rose running down Drew, Dwayne Wade's resume versus Paul Pierce's resume after Paul Pierce said he was a better player. Oh my god. You see Paul Pierce just get sadder over the course of the entire video as Jalen Rose punks his ass. Oh, I love Jalen Rose. It's beautiful. That's like the perfect Raptors kind of like catharsis. Oh, it's Jaylen amazing. Rose, it's incredible. Someone who likes champagnes and campaigns in Toronto. <laughs> humiliating Pierce. That's so perfect. Uh, Jalen Rose, one of the best ambassadors for Toronto, I think, uh, oddly enough. Yes. Sure, sure loves the party scene up here, and I appreciate his uh, his his telling of tales of his time in Toronto. Uh, Freddie, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. This was great. Do you have anything that you would like to promote? Um, yeah, just uh, just check out my podcast. It's uh, Confederacy of Dunks. Um, our, uh, our Twitter handle is uh, at Dunks Podcast. That's also our website. 
And um, yeah, Sean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the pod, so thanks so much for having me on. Of course, man. Uh, your podcast is very, very good. Everyone should check it out. It's excellent. And you can also find all the Locked On Podcast Network's uh, podcasts as well, I'm guessing, where you can find competitors you've dug on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, as well as Himalaya, brand new podcast platform app that you download and you can use it to make your own curated, personalized playlist. It's a great uh, app for you to download so make sure you check it out if you're in the need in the market for a new podcast app and uh, I think that's going to do it follow me at Woodley Sean I, you can continue to read or it's over now but read the Kawhi Leonard is staying bracket uh, that came out on Raptors HQ over the last couple weeks it was a lot of fun and we finished up on Friday with the finals and uh, I think the wrong piece of evidence won that thing so please check it out and uh, find my pleas for the load management to win the tournament which fell on deaf ears so please uh, read that and I'm working on something that'll come out Friday as well it'll be pretty big and stupid as are most of the things I write so stay tuned for that as well Uh, and we'll talk to you next time with another episode of Lockdown Raptors Hey Prime members you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad free on Amazon Music download the Amazon Music app today